So we're looking at the uh, prayer at the moment, uh, a message entitled The Two Doors. And it comes from Revelation 3 and Revelation 4. In Revelation 4, it talks about a door standing open in heaven. But in Revelation 3, just before that, it says Jesus saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Uh, and there are two doors. In fact, in the first message of this one, I added spontaneously on the morning a third door, which is Jesus says to close the door. So you close the door to the world. The door in heaven's already open. You need to open the door of your own heart to God. And that's what our prayer lives do. It's powerful. And so this morning I was sat in our box room having a little quiet time. And I picked up this really good book <laughs> by Jared Cooper. I thought, man, this looks, this looks really good. And um, there's a little bit called, uh, what you focus on grows. And that's just really huge. Then, then there's this scripture. I'm picking it up because it's got the scripture in it really. But listen to this. Luke 11, 33 to 36 says, No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. And it goes on here. because it's, it's, I don't know who wrote this. It's really good. Here Jesus teaches us that our eyes are like lamps. I just got a little bit of feedback, guys. Our eyes are like lamps shining into our bodies. Where are your eyes placed? If you leave your eyes under a bowl, you're going to be filled with darkness. Our eyes, this is what he's talking about, because often we don't get this scripture. Our eyes are supposed to be placed on a stand. Didn't the voice like a trumpet say to John in Revelation, come up here and I will show you what will take place. Your eyes have got to be lifted into God's presence. And that's what prayer does. Gets our focus back on God and then, wow, this is amazing. If our eyes are down in the darkness of despair, diagnosis, fears and worries, then depression and anxiety will flood our lives with darkness. But if we can get our lamps, our eyes, the eyes of our heart, up into the light of God's presence, then glory, strength, power and hope will flood our whole beings. So here's the questions. How often do you get your eyes of your heart utterly focused on God? How long can you hold his gaze? How much time do you give to letting him flood you with light, hope, and peace? How much are you leaning the framework of your mind on him? Because it says, he who his mind is stayed on him. It means literally to take the framework of how you think and lean it on God. Uh, and then you'll know perfect peace. How often do you bask in his presence, asking him to fill you with the power of his Holy Spirit? Or... Here it gets challenging. The author's a bit cheeky here. Like many, do you attend, attend church on a Sunday, which is good, but think like a pagan all week? Are we Christian on Sundays and humanist all week? Do we worship with the saints on Sundays, but worry with the world on Wednesdays? Are we all love on a Sunday, but all logic on a Monday? Prayer transforms the very way that we think. And while Jesus has done so much for us by grace... Prayer is the, is the sacrament. Sacrament is literally something practical that we do that we mix with faith and it brings us supernatural grace. Yeah. So when we take communion, we need to approach it with faith. I'm taking some bread and some wine, okay, juice or non-alcoholic wine. But that little ceremony, something I actually do, if I mix it with my faith, in other words, God, I'm trusting that through this mechanical thing, yeah. this little meal, 
grace will come into my life. Fellowship is a sacrament. I'm going to go and have a coffee with one of my positive friends. Please note the word positive. Because when I walk away from that little mechanic, I mix it with faith. I hang out with the right people and grace comes into my life. I'm going to have a moment of prayer and build a lifestyle of being with God. Why? Because if I can do that, but it's not just the doing it. If I mix it with faith, he loves me, he's for me, and he rewards those who diligently seek him. Grace comes into my life. He gives us the things to do, and all we have to do is mix it with faith. So we're talking about prayer. Is that okay? So I thought, because I really enjoyed interviewing my dad last week. Did you enjoy it? Did you notice he didn't answer a single thing I asked him? It was fantastic. But you did great, Dad. More comments about your interview than my sermon. So I'm going to do it again. And and this time, a couple of other Revive legends. I'm going to interview Stuart and Sandra. Uh, I'm going to... Now, I, I, I didn't warn my dad of any questions, and maybe that didn't quite work. So I've warned them of a few questions, and we've come up with a few things to talk about. But I might have a couple up my sleeve. I might even release the microphone to the crowd. Should we do it? And just, I can find out some dodgy stuff. So let's get some seats up here, because there's a bit of light. Is that all right? Jane, brilliant. Come on, let's welcome them. We love you guys. You are awesome. If you guys go this side, and I'll go over here. And I'll just keep going that way a bit more because I want to get my face in the light for the live stream. Hello, live stream people. We do love you. Those who couldn't make it this morning. Hello. 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 So, um, uh, Stuart is the chair of our board at Revive. He's a busy man. Your title at the moment, I think, at work is vice president. I think I should get a cooler title than yes. pastor or whatever. Can I have a better one than that? Vice President of Research and Development? Yep. yep. See, I remember it now. Global. There's global. A, a global. Teams globally. So you're busy. Sandra is an awesome woman of God. And if you, most of you will know Sandra's story. Um, in, uh, let me do the quick version, agony, bed bound. She would hobble to church every now and then, but largely in, in agony. And as, as you said yesterday in Grimsby, um, your doctor said to you, you're the only long-term extreme pain patient, yeah. I'll put it that way, that isn't also an antidepressant that I have. Yeah. Um, uh, and then in 2011, after six and a half years, was miraculously healed. The BBC reported on it, UCB reported on it. It was a remarkable healing. Um, so you guys are busy and you've been through some stuff. So I really just want to dig into your prayer life. Is that all right? And we, 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 we love you so be, be real, because we're real people living real lives, right? Yeah. I mean, how's your week been? I've had a bit of a rubbish week. Anybody else? <laughs> Turn to the person next to ask him, how's your week been? You know, and if it's been rubbish, be honest. Be honest. <laughs> you, can, you can be honest. Because let's be honest, if we don't... If we don't start with honesty, we're not going to get anywhere, are we? Either this gospel really works... And prayer really works for people, not, not people like me that don't, you know, only work one day a week. Um, <laughs> sh- sh- um, it works for real lives and real people going through yeah. real stuff. Is that okay? So, I mean, let's start with this. You're, you're both busy people. Tell us a little bit about how you have a prayer life, um, both getting your moments and then a lifestyle as well. Just which, whoever wants to start, just go for it. Um... Uh, I'm I'm very very strong believer in, and this is the practice that I want for my life, which is that that I live with Jesus. Um, I don't have Jesus moments. Um, there are some high, there are some mountain 
top moments. But my, my whole purpose in my life is there isn't a church life and then a work life and then a home life. Come on. I, I have life. And I live and have my being in him. Um, uh, and whether, you know, um, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, I'm doing it with Jesus. Um, and, you know, and, and, I, and I practice that really, really hard. And so I, I sin with Jesus to, to push the point. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, <laughs> and stop the live stream now. <laughs> And they said, mischievous, mischievous yeah. it must be the Holy Spirit. So I had a mischievous thought. To, to push the point, there is not one part of my life, yeah. including the sinning bit, that I don't do without Jesus. Because all of my life without Jesus falls short of the glory of God. Yeah. So by a biblical definition, the whole yeah. of my life without yeah. Jesus is sin. Yeah. The whole of my life with Jesus is forgiven. Yeah. I walk in forgiveness, I walk in faith, I walk in his presence, I, th- and, that, and I haven't arrived, this is a journey thing, this is, you yeah. know, this is something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only Sandra has arrived on this stage, <laughs> yeah. I can assure you of that. Um, uh, uh, but that's, that's, that's my goal, in, so in prayer, I, I pray without ceasing, yeah. I'm with Jesus, you know, the beginning of Genesis, the whole thought there that is... Um, when God came in the cool of the evening, he just wanted to walk and hang with Adam and Eve. Um, and, and that's what the majority of my prayer life, my 24-hour prayer life is, is hanging with Jesus and doing all the stuff with him. Now, I need more than that because I need the close-the-door moments. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and just to put that piece in, um, I'm not a disciplined person. Sandra is a disciplined person so we're quite different Um, now I've had phases in my life where you know I've been reading the Bible literally four hours a day uh, praying you know multiple hours a day in real intense periods the majority of my current life isn't like that because my my work side and and all that that sort of stuff because I do lots of other things apart from just being uh, 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 I prefer the title of president of vice rather than vice president (laughs) Uh, um, uh, but um, Anae's fault she said uh, mischievous holy spirit but, um, uh, you know, I do lots of things. So, you know, life is very, very busy, but uh, I still need uh, those where you close the door moments. Yeah. And because I'm not very disciplined, then a few years ago, and it was on the back of a Jared uh, preach, and I was just thinking, Lord, how do I get this discipline into my life, even though I'm not a disciplined person? And he basically said to me, uh, and I'll summarize it, but he basically said, you close the car door every day. Um, uh, so in, in my routine, then just putting a piece in where there's this clunk that just says, reminding you that you're on your own and you've got a choice. You can listen to the radio or you can actually do it. So I have, I have my playlist, which is my Christian playlist, and I invite myself into the presence of God and I step in because his door's always open and he's knocking and I just need to close the world door. Then I have other ones, but the, the, there is that routine thing that is in my life that says the door gets closed I know there's other times I'll put the radio on, but there's always that reminder, always, always, when that car door goes clunk, there's that thing that pops into your head. Here's, a, here's an opportunity to purposefully, in a more um, direct and obvious way, step into the presence uh, of God. Uh, and um, it's a lifesaver. 
Um, but that was my thing. So that, don't take the doctrine of the car, just take the doctrine of you need moments in your life where it is routine, where you, where you close the door. Um, now, with Jared's little thing, that he, you know, we brought the, that thought, was it um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when oh, you started this? Yeah, two weeks ago. Um, two weeks ago, then that's brought a refreshing to that and a re-emphasis to that, but it's still the same mechanic. Close the door, I've just mixed more faith with it and more expectation, uh, and uh, uh, even though life's really busy, life is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um. <laughs> wow. I feel a little bit, how do you follow that? Um, Stuart and I are in agreement on this. We, I think for a long time, have tried to just, um, Bill Johnson calls it practicing the presence, you know? I, I don't want to do anything without Jesus. Come so on. I chat to him all day. I, I chat to him um, because he's my friend, he's my savior, he's my Lord, and he's my God, but he's also my friend. So I chat to him. If I go and buy new clothes and I'm on my own, I will ask Jesus, what do you think? Because I want to know, because I would ask Stuart if he was there. Did you do a funny face then? <laughs> Not sure. I'm, I have words with you at the end, Danae, about this mischief and Holy Spirit bit. He needs no encouragement in this. But, um, but no, I do. So I chat all day and all day, um, you know, so, so if I'm chatting to him and then I meet someone on my dog walk, I do, I'm very polite. I then talk to the person. I don't just ignore them. Um, I think sometimes I think I'm mad because sometimes I come through a hedge on one bit. So you don't always see that there's anyone behind the hedge. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, Rasana Babasita. Oh, hello, Pat. <laughs> I'm sure they must think, really, I'm a Romanian refugee or something. I'm speaking in some strange language. But, um, but anyway, I chat away. But then you speak to someone and then you'll chat. But then very often they'll share their concerns with you. So then you can, when they disappear, you can just carry on your prayer as you're walking. But I do also, as Stuart says, that that's brilliant, but you need the time when you shut the door yeah. and you just can bask. And because I am quite a disciplined person, what I need to make sure I do is that I give myself time to bask. Because what I will do naturally is, I will look at a clock, I will go, right, Lord, this hour is yours. You can have 15 minutes of Bible study, 15 minutes of prayers in tongue, 15 minutes of, of intercession, and then uh, the 15 minutes at the end is yours. And if I'm not careful, yeah. it, it's, it's not so much godly as, right, let's get my God hour over and done with, you know? Let's get that duty bit out the way. Yeah. And so I will. That's horrible, actually. That's not prayer. That's duty. And duty is onerous and tiresome. It becomes a millstone around your neck. You don't enjoy it. You stick at it. The only glow you get is the vague glow of self-righteousness that you've done it. That's not a good glow. Yeah. It's not a good glow. Yeah. You know? So what I have to do is I'll set time aside, but I, do no, I no longer look at a clock. You know, if I feel my time with God is finished after 45 minutes, that's fine. Because I don't think God's got a stopwatch up in yeah. heaven going, oh, my goodness. You know, I certainly won't be with Sandra today after only 45 minutes. That's me. I'm withdrawing, you know. No, 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 no. It's not like that. You know, I think God would rather you had five minutes where you just yeah. tell him you love him. You listen to what he says. You know, I have learned I do not want to leave a quiet time without being able to answer the question that Richard Dixon always used to give us on home groups. What's God been saying to you today? Yeah. You know, what is God? Because if my quiet time at the end of it, I can't say that God said anything. 
I'm not sure that's a conversation. I think that's me having a rant. I'm not quite sure that's fellowship. I want fellowship. So I will read the Bible. It's great to have her read the Bible through a year scheme. But you know, if you get stuck in the second verse because you're just like, oh my goodness, that's amazing, Lord. Don't push through on duty to the, yeah. oh, but I've got to read my, my three chapters. Allow yourself to, to take the moment to bask. Wow. Awesome. Really, really good. Um, Stuart, not only have you got your work in, in Smith and Nephew, um, but also you and another revived guy, Mark Pike, are, um, I think you're the chair of the board and he's the chief exec, essentially an education trust and there's loads of schools. I think I, think I get the stat right, 50% of pupils in one kind of major geographic area of the UK are essentially kids that you guys are overseeing in your educational trust. Isn't that remarkable? That's kingdom come stuff. I know you mix prayer and all loads of other kingdom stuff into what you do at Smith and Nephew and with this educational trust. Give, give us some stories about that, how, how prayer affects your work life. Yeah, so, um, uh, so if I take the school one just while we're on, on that. So, um, uh, so we're taking government money in this multi-academy trust. We're taking government money under government rules to go and give uh, kids a Christian education even though they're not Christian. Keep us in wisdom yeah. is, is, you know, is, a, is a constant prayer. Um, but there's an absolute heartfelt ambition for all the people in that trust and all the principals of those schools who are all Christians. And we all come from a very broad church, so from uh, 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 all forms of Christianity. So you've, you know, you've got your screaming Pentecostals and then you've, <laughs> uh, and then you've got your Quakers. And literally, um, I don't think we've got a Quaker, but you know, it just gives you the sense of there. So going in there on a theological, let's go and be all prophetic and things, you can't. So you know, you've got to tone that, again, it's, it's wisdom. And so there's so many things that we're free to do in this forum that you're not free to do in that school forum. And keeping the unity of those Christians together really, really uh, critical. Um, and also um, stopping people saying silly things, really, really important. And getting the heart right, really, really important. So there's a whole pile of wisdom, and there's a whole pile of we've never done this before. And actually the goal is not just to have a few schools and in, and in one region, then between us and the Catholic uh, schools, which you know we know those schools, and they're doing awesome stuff, really great heart, um, then more than 50% of the kids in that region are taught under, under the kingdom. Wow. Um, uh, uh, why not the whole country? Come on. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and that's the thought that we're playing with at the moment. Um, but, you know, to walk that tightrope, really, really, really uh, important. Uh, and get it wrong, and the world can be a very unforgiving place. And they and the government owns the money. So uh, uh, that wisdom tightrope, uh, that, that map isn't in the Bible for us to follow. So you've got to follow the voice of God. Um, and that isn't a case of going in there and saying, uh, Lord, here are the three things that we need to do in this school today. You need to catch the heart of God. Um, and then um, um, all these things then start coming up. Um, and so when I, when I go off to one of these school meetings, um, then uh, the whole time in the car is the door is firmly shut um, and the radio is firmly off. Um, and the whole time all I'm doing is I'm immersing myself in God's presence and in God's wisdom, and getting my heart aligned to his heart, um, uh, and uh, stop being so, you know, um, so my predecessor, um, no, I can't talk about that, it's not public yet. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> stuff that makes you proudful, 
got to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, stuff that says you know the answers, got to get rid of it. Stuff that says you're right and the, and, uh, the Quaker's wrong, got to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, um, because it's God's heart. So getting yourself into that place of humility, capturing the heart of God and then walking into a meeting and then all the stuff and then sat there in that meeting um, uh, not looking at the agenda. Yes, you are looking at the agenda with one eye, but actually your, your real eye and your focus is Holy Spirit, give me the heart of heaven. Come on. And give me the heart of heaven. And I only need to say in a whole day, I only need to say three things, um, uh, but they just need to be heaven things. Um, a lot of people think about, you know, leadership is about n the number of words you say. Um, most people forget what you say. 80% uh, of, is, is, of what is said is forgotten. But if you say 20%, a few things that have got the weight of the, of the, of the, the king of kings behind them, and yeah. they land, job done. Wow. Job done. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, in all my years of, of doing business and of, and of, you know, leading things and all the rest of it, I used to think it was all about how do you control, how do you, how do you make sure we execute, how do we make sure through, we get through the task list. It, it's now about capturing the heart of heaven, give two or three things of wisdom and encourage people. Come on. Um, and, and you can't do that if you do it from a fleshly point of view. You've got to do it from a godly point of view. Um, so it isn't coming, Lord, I want an answer on item one, two, and three. It's fundamentally, how do you get the heart of heaven that says, I'm going I'm, to, God wants to bless the world. It's fundamentally why Jesus came, for the world. Um, uh, uh, and we're of that same spirit. We're for the world, yeah. uh, whether it be saved or not, we're for it. Uh, we're its biggest supporter, fan, and advocate, and we want to bless it. And when you uh, adopt that posture, that's the same posture as the Father heart of God. And then plug yourself into that and then let go. Wow. So God has something to say to, to each of us, whatever our careers or spheres of influence. God's interested in science, education, yeah. medicine, yep. the, the lot. He's there. Yep. Um, you've had a good week. Was it this week? You've yep. been around a lot of the yep. head teachers of the schools. And what, Tell everybody what you're doing because it sounded cool. So, we, so Mark and I, we, we decided, this was uh, last, last term, we, de we decided we'll go around the, uh, the grand tour of the empire. Um, uh, you know, so, you how, know, how many schools is it at uh, the moment? Uh, so uh, we've taken on uh, schools, so uh, seven schools, eight schools, um, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> how many children have you got? can't remember. <laughs> then uh, it, it, same sort of thing. So we're, we're taking on schools. Um, so we've absorbed one school into... Uh, uh, one of the schools and then taken on two failing schools uh, and so that's just happening at the moment so lots of change lots of lots of fresh lots of new things uh, uh, spending government money woo and uh, going off and doing this and so we thought let's go on a grand tour um, and really get the feel about what's happening uh, at the you know at the coalface uh, meet people encourage and so you know off we went so Mark and I so I've got my time in my car before I get meet Mark and then Mark and I we go off uh, together and, and we're praying and we're, and we're talking and we're, we're praying and we're talking and we're praying we're talking and uh, now going to see these these head teachers um, some of them um, are hugely capable you know busy busy demanding jobs hugely capable um, and uh, not Pentecostals uh, uh, and so but the Holy Spirit came upon me in that mischievous way just as we were walking through the door uh, uh, and so, you know, getting yourself into that, because mischief is a really, you know, I am mischievous. If I let the fleshly mischievous go, that's really destructive. Oh, yeah. If I let the freedom of the Holy Spirit go, that's, that's, <laughs> Come God, on. God does something. Yeah, it's true. Um, and if I make a mess of it, 
he covers it. Yeah. And he covers the making mess of it because the fleshly bit still comes through. But if my heart is to do what the Holy Spirit wants, then God covers that. If I'm just in fleshly stuff, he says, well, off you go. Uh, and, and you tidy up the mess. And then I say, rescue me. And then he goes, oh, go on, I'll tidy it up. Uh, uh, because God never leaves you. Yeah. Um, but um, so uh, uh, off we go to um, see these schools and just going in there. And, and again, in that same way, emphasis on immersing yourself in the presence of God, the heart of God, and then walking through the front door of that school, then just like, bang, 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 this is what I want you to say. And this is how I want you to be, which I think was probably actually, you know, very helpful to me. So, uh, you know, talking to this um, uh, uh, head um, who we'd actually rejected for a job, so there's a real sense of rejection, we don't want you. And then actually we said, well, actually, here's a plan B. Will you drop into this school and do all that stuff? Uh, but actually we don't want to pay you very much. So, you know, it'd been a very, very difficult phase. So I'm not her best friend. Uh, could, could have been the situation. Uh, and uh, God just put on my heart just a heart to encourage, to bless, to, I could have been this, that, you know, you need to do this, that, and the other, and all the rest of it. And all I felt was just the approval and the confidence of God that I had to get across. And that's what I, I did. So I did that in style, and I did that in word and prophesied and gave her a, a, some, uh, uh, just the favor of God uh, is, a, is upon her, gave her some scriptures and all the rest of it. She's in tears, I'm in tears, we're hugging each other, uh, uh, and God is good. Yeah. Um, what the key out of that is she's in no doubt that we want her in that role and she's awesome. If, if you've got people around you who are saying, and your boss and your boss's boss, which I am, then sitting there saying you're awesome and we believe in you and heaven believes in you and you're going to do wonderful things, then they have the permission to go and do that. Yeah. And fundamentally that's on, on a heart. And as, and as the, you know, the last thing I said to her as we, as we walked out the door was, you are you, God has made you to be this person and you are for a time as such as this and you've got dreams chase your dreams um uh, and she burst into tears again um uh, and then you know another guy uh, uh well another guy that was a girl this uh uh uh, uh, uh person uh and then uh, uh you know and he's uh, you know extremely capable you know professional awesome 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 uh uh person uh, and God gave me, I'll not share it because it's a little personal, but you know, God gave me a, a word for him. Um, so he's more at the Quaker end of things uh, and uh, probably doesn't believe in apostles and prophets as a doctrinal thing. So I'm not going to say I'm going to prophesy, but I just did. Uh, uh, and you just don't say, thus says the Lord. And you just prophesy and just give the heart of God into that situation. And, you know, and the presence of God, the love of God filled the room. Uh, and it was amazing. Uh, you know, and there's some sense of, you know, real sort of emotional reaction and connection. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and it was awesome. Uh, but it comes from a place of this, I'm not, I am the chairman and I do have very obvious rights of authority to go and say, do this, do that, and do the other. I put that to one side and say, what's my job? My job is to bend myself to the person so that I speak their language, I bless them in the way that they can receive it, not the way that suits me, because actually the heart of Jesus bent himself to a broken world so that the world could hear Jesus. I just need to do the same and bless those people that God has called me to serve, not lord it over. Um, and it's amazing. And then we sat down with 
uh, all the trustees of this group and we sat down with all the um, chairs of the, the governing bodies and the vice chairs and we said, you know, we've got this magic, magic, we called it, you know, so we're demystifying all this, trying to get rid of all the Christianese. So we've got this, uh, I call it this magic in this tin box. Um, how big do we want the tin box to be? And we just all agreed we want to take the walls away off this tin box and let the glory of God cover our education system. Yeah, come on. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Good days. Uh, Sandra, you've, you've been through uh, some painful times we were talking about. So sustaining a prayer life when I would imagine um, you're in so much pain at time that you can't concentrate. How do you sustain your prayer life then in a difficult time when uh, you've got the, the hope side, which can be sapped, so the whole emotional and the, and the will is being affected, but also just there's so much pain too, it's probably hard to concentrate. Tell us something about praying through the really tough times like that, persevering, and how you have to posture yourself to get through that. Yeah, um, I think for me, that's, that's where the Bible itself really comes into its own. Because you are right, when I was in that much pain, and I was on that much tramadol that sometimes I wasn't sure what was up, what was down some days. But the truth in the Bible doesn't change, and it's yeah. the thing you can hold on to. And so at times when I couldn't see where life was going to go next, um, I, I wasn't sure how I'd cope. I, you know, you would get low because I wasn't able to be the mum and the wife that I wanted to be. Um, that's when scriptures would feed you. You know, I am the God that heals you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I don't lie. I'm not a man that I would lie, nor a son of man yeah. that I would change my mind. You know, that I love you. I'm good. I'm your father. Um, and those are the things that you held on to. And, um, and sometimes... You know, um, and I genuinely believe this and, and have lived it, so I'm, you know, going to just say it. God will woo you in a time of wilderness. Yeah. You know, Hosea 2 talks all about him wooing, and it always blows my mind. Hosea, the whole book blows my mind, because the idea of this poor man, Hosea, having to marry a prostitute and then having to keep go back to her when she leaves him, and it being a picture of the fact that God will woo us even though we leave him. We're yeah. the adulterers. You know, I often think if Stuart was unfaithful to me, um, I wouldn't be the one that should go and woo him. I'd be, I'd be expecting <laughs> diamonds, chocolate, flowers, <laughs> You know, the works. Castration. And I'd make him, well, yeah. yeah, that would be that would be after the castration with the blunt ish instrument. <laughs> you know? But that's Snip. what God is. <laughs> Our marriage works for so many reasons. <laughs> but no, but God wooed me. And that's wow. the thing is it because I couldn't do it. You are you know, you're right, I couldn't do it. You know, I I didn't have the mental capacity some days to do it. My beloved older son told me that tramadol causes retardation. That was a joy and a blessing, wasn't it? Um, permanent apparently. So that that's my excuse now and I forget anything or well. You know, but God enables it because it's God wants to talk to us. I think sometimes we feel that prayer is this terribly difficult thing where you have to push through and, oh, you know, and maybe eventually if we push through hard enough and we do it all well enough, that maybe God will drop a teeny tiny little drop of something into us. Yeah. 
and, and well done, you know. But no, God's the one that's saying, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. You know, God's the one that's saying, let me come and woo you. Let me love you. Let me be with you. Um, and actually, in many ways, and I know this may sound daft, but in many ways, it was a lot easier to maintain a prayer life during that time because I couldn't keep going without God. I would have been on the antidepressants, same as all the other long-term pain patients, because, you know, it is debilitating and depressing, but it was God that got me through. And now, I, yes, I do need God and stretch, right? Otherwise, you do it from the flesh and it's icky, but I can do it in the flesh. So I actually can live life without God. I can go for a day and not pray. And it's harder now, actually, to maintain it than it was then. Wow. You know, and, um, and I'm going to just throw this out. We're just, we're just, we're just grabbing this, aren't we? <laughs> Sharon Stone came, I think, six years ago. She released Stuart when she said, um, it's not a ministry or work. It's both. Get yeah. on with it. That was such a release for you. And, she's, and she preached about authority. Where's your authority? And I thought, oh my goodness, my authority is in my family and in my prayer life because I knew I was called to prayer. And I've got no time to do that because I'm working. And so I said to Stuart, we need to give up. I need to give up my job. But he was like, mm, you know, um, during the sermon. And then when she gave the prophecy over us, he went, yeah, you need to give up your job. I gave up my job. And do you know what? Two weeks ago when Jared was giving the thing on prayer again, it, it was like boom back in my heart. And I thought, oh, Lord, I've let that drop. I'm still praying. I still had a good, healthy prayer life. But I thought, I've let that drop. And that's why I came to the front when he said, if that's if I was there. And so since then, God's actually, God said to me, I'm going to stop waking you up earlier so that you've got more time. Because I was like, Lord, I've, I've managed to, we managed to hedge ourselves in oh. so easily. So God said, I'm going to wake you up. So he's been waking me up um, anytime between half six and seven, which I know to some people, looking towards the Dixons, it's probably retired. quite late. Yeah. <laughs> That's For a me, it's Richard. nice and early, half six to seven, but, but God's doing it. Yeah. You know, he's enabling, he enables, you know, we just need to put in a teeny bit, he yeah. enables. Yeah, come on. All right, one more story. Um, wisdom, can you just, because I just, it would be, the stories of this was going on, we prayed like this, this happened. Those are the ones that, I mean, we overcome by the yeah. word of our testimony is, is part of it. Yeah. Um, just tell us that story, either of you, I don't mind. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab this one. <laughs> yeah, those of you that I think most of you know who Wisdom and Anointed are, they're two beautiful young women of God who lost their mum three years ago, um, had very little other support, and have largely lived with us on and off ever since. And, and we've adopted them in our hearts um, you know, they, they, they come and spend Christmas and things like this. Anyway, Wisdom was at this amazing private school where she was doing super well. And for lots of complicated reasons, um, her funding for it stopped. And she, and, and not only did it stop, but the school said, because she was due to go and live in London with a, a relative, they said, no, you can't do that. In fact, we will not allow you back at the school if you're going to live in London. It's too big a commute for a 14, 15-year-old. So that's it. Now, on the Sunday night before this had happened, I'd been given a scripture from Psalm 30, 
2.34, one of those, some, you'll recognize it. And it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. And I'd sent this to anointed in great joy and said, you know, I know you've been through a lot, but God's going to deliver us. It was the Monday that we then heard that the school was finished. By the Tuesday, Stuart and I are speaking to people saying, could you maybe give £100 a month if we gave this much? If maybe we did this, you know, um, but, but then we still don't know where she's going to live. And, and I'm thinking, God, why didn't you give me the scripture, all things work out for good? Because that would make more sense right now. And I wouldn't feel so guilty about having told anointed that the Lord was going to deliver her out of the ball when at the moment it doesn't feel very delivered. And God said to me, are you going to stand on the scripture or not? And I said, yes, wow. I am. We're going to stand on it. Come on. And so we carried on praying that the Lord will deliver. In the meantime, we are phoning local schools to see if any of them could take her and she could come and live back with us. No, they couldn't. And you know, just when you think, oh my goodness, what? And she was, due, she was supposed to have been back at school on the Wednesday. And on the Thursday, out of nowhere, the school said, do you know what? We will take wisdom. We will take her as a boarder so she's not having to commute. We will pay not only her school fees, but her boarding school fees, which in total was about 27,000. And we will do that. She has a holiday, she has a home during the holidays as she wants it. We will do it. Wow. And it went from disaster on Monday to triumph on Thursday. Come on. The Lord will deliver out of all. Love it. Love it. Come on, let's thank Stuart and Sandra. Thank you. That was awesome. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Well done. Look, you're getting a standing ovation from some out there. You can leave them there. Oh, you need them, don't you? Go on then. Take, take your cheers. Wow, wow, wow. That went on long, longer than I planned, but I didn't want to stop it. Is that all right? I, ju I just think hearing stories is such a powerful way to embed um, uh, how to live for God in our lives. Um, so what should we do? We've got a quarter of an hour. Here's, here's why I'm stirring prayer at the moment, um, is a lot of spiritual things go on in our lives. I think a lot of us go through stuff, and even as uh, spirit-filled Christians who are used to living a Christian life, and we understand you know, lots of the theory about spiritual warfare and things happening, I think a lot of stuff happens to Christians, and, and it, can, it can be demonic, to be blunt, and we don't even think about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and now I'm not saying it's all, I know some things are medical, but I am going to say, because it quite clearly is, that some anxiety is spiritual. I've been there myself. Why on earth have I got this fear coming on me for no real reason? Then you go, oh, it's, it's a spirit of fear coming against me. Depression can be spiritual. Even pain can be spiritual. Who knows that your kids, you know, how come it's Sunday morning when they play up? You know what I mean? And, you know, uh, or, or just an important time. It's almost like you could predict at an important moment, everything's going to just go, oh, why now? Um, there are spiritual things that go on. Uh, Daniel, in the book of Daniel, Daniel 10 it is. You can go and read it at your, at your leisure this week. It's a great one to read. In fact, let me read a few portions from it. Um, Daniel's got some, got some bad news. And then it says, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. And he's talking about mourning, fasting, and praying, that kind of stuff. So not just crying. He's saying, I ate no choice food, no, no meat or wine touched my lips. I, knew, I used no lotions. He's a proper metrosexual. Um, I, I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Listen to this. On the 24th day of the month, I was standing on the bank of the river 
Tigris. I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold around his waist. And he, he's talking about an angel, basically. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it. But such terror overwhelmed them that they all fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Uh, and then I heard him speaking. And as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. And listen, this is what the, the angel said. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you. Um, let, let's, let's speed this up. He says, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But listen to this. This gets weird now, okay? This is matrix stuff. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, he's talking about angels, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. In other words, he'd set himself to seek God and God had sent an answer in the form of an angel. Who knows we believe in angels, right? And it says that, he, that the angel was detained three weeks until another angel, Michael, the archangel, came to help him. In other words, stuff was going on in the spiritual realm. Let, let's be honest, let's not pretend to understand, right? I'm not even going to pretend to go, let's talk about the different levels and the different angels. Forget all that for a minute. Let's just remember that there are angels and demons. There's stuff in a realm we don't understand that's affecting things. And actually, church, we need to be mighty in prayer personally and corporately to do everything we want to do in God. I mean, if we're not going to pray, we might as well give up now, sit down and go, it's just too hard. Because you can't just preach your way there. You can't just sing your way there. Actually, prayer is the engine room of the church that gets us there. So I had a couple of dreams uh, uh, recently. And I believe it's about our new building and, and the land and stuff like that. And the first dream was I was wearing a watch. And uh, it was one of those, you know, a proper watch with little hands that go around. And then coming out, you know the little square you get with a date in it? Just something stuck out of the day square and stopped the hands from moving around. And there was this, this pause and it couldn't move. Then the next night, I dreamt that I was walking around and it was daytime, but it was nighttime. And it was like the day was refusing to arrive. Yeah. There are spiritual things, and even delay can be spiritual. And here's the thing. Are we passive about our authority, or are we aggressive? Are we going to sit back and go, oh dear, wisdom hasn't got her place. Que sera, sera, the will of the Lord, what will be, will be. Or do we go, no, actually, I've got a word, and I'm going to stand on it. Am I going to believe, am I going to do all this stuff that gets preached on a Sunday, and all the spiritual people I know do, and, and actually, that makes all of this a waste of time. It makes it religion, doesn't it? Or am I going to stand up for my kids? Am I going to stand up for my health? Am I going to stand up for my mind? Am I going to stand up for my finances? No, I refuse. Just because I can't see some things, I don't know whether it's, whether it's sometimes God, the devil, demons, or circumstance. I mean, either way, we're supposed to be pushing through with God and finding a way to say, God, no. You told us to pray your kingdom come on earth yeah. as it is in heaven. Yeah. This should feel like heaven. Yeah. And until it is, I'm going to pray until your kingdom comes. Because that's how you taught me. To, you're my father in heaven. I'm not a servant. I'm a son yeah. who gets to serve. It's vastly different. And um, I was remembering, uh, you know, we're trying to, well, we are 
buying a piece of land. You know, every time you take land, and I haven't got time because of where time's gone, do you know that land has spirits and stuff attached to it? I mean, every time we've, 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 we've moved house, even personally at home, I remember we moved into this one house that had had other houses on it before and other things evidently go on. And God nagged me for the first few weeks while I was there and kept saying, you need to anoint this land with oil. And like, yeah, yeah, get round to it. But you know, when you're moving house and the garage is full of boxes and you're trying to do stuff, you need to anoint this house with oil. And it'd be just as my head's hitting the pillow. Do you know when you get in bed and you're like, well, I'm not getting up now. Oh, Jesus. And, and it's several weeks in though, we, we were robbed. And I was like, right, I'm going to anoint this house with oil. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there are spiritual things on our land and in, in our rooms. We're about to take new land. The devil ain't going to be happy about it. It's, it's one thing to extend a church a bit. It's another thing to go and say, we are taking new land and making it holy ground and making it a place for God to be. Phil Pringle from C3 in Australia, a large movement, I guess about 600 churches around the world. They were buying uh, land for, for what is their biggest campus now in Australia. And um, they were really struggling. I mean, horrendous stuff. There was petitions against them, front page of the newspaper stuff. The prime minister was against them. It was awful stuff. You know, we don't want these people on this land doing this stuff. Literally, petitions of thousands of names handed in against their planning. But they already bought the land, but they couldn't get planning permission. And then one day, after a couple of years, he stood in worship and he sees this demon in the spiritual realm. I know this is weird, but just I'm going to get you thinking about it. He sees this demon in the spiritual realm and he's like flipping out and he's looking at this ugly thing. And then he just feels in his spirit, his spirit rises up and he just says, and I remember, I can't remember the exact scripture it was, but I do know it was nothing to do with buildings or land or even demons. It was something like nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. So it was something like that. And he said, and that just rose up. So I said it. And as I said it, a chain went around this demon. So I said it again and I saw another chain go around the demon. And I said it again and the demon began to shrivel. So I kept saying it and kept saying it and kept saying it until the demon was completely shriveled and completely bound. And three days later, they got their planning permission. There are spiritual things. And we think, now, I know some of you look at me going, I don't believe in this stuff. Well, next time you're lying awake at night, and anxiety is all over you. And you think, where's this coming from? Actually, my life isn't that bad. Why am I covered in anxiety? I want you to rise up. I want you to realize that there are spiritual forces out there. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not your mum. It's a demon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not your teacher. It's not your boss. Sometimes we need to rise up in strength or rise up in love, whatever it is, and say, no, we bind you in Jesus' name. Jesus has given us the power to bind and to loose. Oh, let's, let's go find it. It'll get there. We look at all this good message that was going to come through. It means we can bind. It means we can arrest what the enemy wants to do and release what we know is God's will. And I just feel we've got an encounter week coming up soon. We're going to continue to talk about prayer. I think we've got communion uh, next week and we're going to continue to talk about prayer as well. Um, I just believe we need to be stirred up as a family to realize we need to be mighty. But it starts with every one of us not becoming extraordinarily different to who we really are, but realizing I need to have a focused prayer life. 
And if five minutes of closed door is the appropriate thing for you, just go for it with us. For some of you, it might be the 45 minutes or, or 45 minutes might seem small. We all, we're all called to do different things at different stages in life. But revive, we need to stand up and say, no, we are going to take land and we're going to see the kingdom grow. And we want Bridlington Avenue to be, all, God has just set up prophetically what is happening in Bridlington Avenue with this educational trust. It is remarkable, but we need stuff releasing there so that it can be completely sold, the money put into the pot and we can start building. We just need a release of stuff. And I feel at the moment God is saying it's time to declare Jubilee over stuff. Now it feels weird because there's another church in Hull called Jubilee, so I want to stand on the land and go Jubilee, 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 which feels weird because that's another church but you know what I mean jubilee is when there's the loosing of all the chains the people that have been slaves right that ends debts are forgiven in other words it's a moment of release in the bible and I believe we need to declare that the enemy is bound and the kingdom of God is released to come in half personally and corporately is that okay